What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to yet another episode of the Deer Gear Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Durr, and on today's show, I am joined by Jason Red. Jason is the founder of Timber Ninja Outdoors, a mobile hunting company that prides themselves on being the most innovative company in the mobile hunting space, and they are owning up to it. They have some really great products coming out this year, a carbon fiber tree stand that we talk about, a saddle, a pack, and their climbing sticks are some of the best climbing sticks on the market. So we dive into all of that stuff. Jason not only is the founder of Timber Ninja Outdoors, but he is also as hardcore as they come when it comes comes to public land deer hunting. He lives in the mountains of North Carolina and hunts in some nasty terrain. We, uh, we're going to have to revisit with Jason to talk about his personal gear setup what he uses, why he uses it. So that's going to be coming to the podcast here soon. But for now, let's get into this conversation. All right, everyone, I'm back. I am sitting down with Jason Red of Timber Ninja Outdoors. Jason, thanks for taking the time to sit down with me today. I've been following the Timber Ninja company for a really long time. Um, some of my, some of the people that I look up to in the industry are all using Timber Ninja climbing sticks. And for that reason, it catches my eye. So I want to thank you for allowing me to pick your brain here today for Folks who may not be familiar with you and Timber Ninja, give yourself an introduction. Well, we're a mobile hunting products company based out of the mountains of Western North Carolina. Uh, it's myself and I have two business partners, uh, Jordan Hotchkiss and Tyler Ross, and they're native to the mountains here. I moved up here in 2009, but, uh, you know, we're all just guys that are really into adventures and hunting and uh, public land hunting more than anything and uh, conservation, new hunter recruitment. And, um, you know, we just got into the mobile hunting products just based on needs that I had, you know, because I do a lot of out-of-state mobile hunting and mo- mostly in mountainous terrain. So being as light and compact is the best thing to do and uh, to make you more efficient. And uh, so you know, I started toying around with making my own self some carbon climbing sticks back in, I don't know, 2017, I believe was when I started messing with that. And just because I had a background of using stuff um, made out of carbon fiber and other sports, such as, um, you know, the climbing side, I do a lot of rock climbing, or I used to do a lot more than I do now. Uh, but also I race bikes at a real high level and you know, saw the evolution, you know, I was in the phase when they went from using aluminum bikes to carbon fiber bikes and, um, you know, road racing, you know, like tour de France type stuff is what I did. So, you know, you need lighter bikes to go up the hill. So anyway, I saw these, this technology, you know, and carbon, how strong it was and light and quiet. And I was like, wow, nobody's ever made climbing sticks out of this. So I started messing with my own and, uh, mainly just started with using, you know, off the shelf tube and other people's components just to test out the, the, um, if, if it would even work and man it cost me a lot of money doing that but by the end of the day I had a few thousand dollars in one set of climbing sticks and uh and really I had no intention of starting a hunting company um you know like I, we were just talking before the podcast got started I own another business that 
keeps me pretty busy and, you know, I have a kid and, you know, I like my free time, but, um, more of my friends kept seeing this stuff, um, or kept seeing the sticks. They, uh, you know, like, man, you should sell those. And, you know, my two buddies wanted to get involved and, you know, really helps out with time management. And, uh, so we decided to launch that, you know, we launched in May of 2020. So right in the middle of the pandemic, but we started soft marketing the stuff in the fall before that. But the goal was if we were going to start a hunting products, mobile hunting company, we, you know, there's a few things we wanted to make sure we did. We, we want to try to be the most innovative. Uh, you know, anybody understands anything about business. You can't, it's really hard to run a business off one product, product line. You know, I mean, it's, it's very complicated. You got to diversify so, you know, we had other ideas um, to make other mobile hunting products and, you know, stands and, you know, my background in climbing and in fall protection, the saddle was a, a really good uh, offering that we were going to do as well. So we just wanted to make sure that we were going to always stay on top of innovation and always make our products in the United States. We're, you know, a lot of pride in that. Um, I, I deal with imports for a day job and Technically, it wouldn't be that hard for me to import, which I get emails all the time from companies wanting us to import through China, but it's just not something we're going to do on our watch. Um, and we're big on conservation. Uh, we give from day one, we started giving money back to conservation. Uh, Tyler, uh, my business partner, he works for the soil and water conservation or soil and water in the county. And he's on a lot of he sits a lot of boards um, or is, you know, doing conservation work in regards to forest management and habitat management and things like that. So, you know, we've started from day one, given, you know, portion of our profits back to that. And we're going to continue to do that. And, you know, as a company too, we're real big with uh, new hunter recruitment. Um, you know, up until the pandemic, you, you know, we've been on some pretty steep declines in hunter numbers and it really picked up and, you know, but we're big on recruiting people that really want to get into it for the right reasons and trying to teach them the right way too. I mean, there's, a lot of information out there these days um, and a lot of misleading information. It kind of, I think gets people started on the wrong path of what hunting is truly about. So we're trying to play our part and doing the best we can with education as well. Yeah, definitely. That's great. A lot of the same values here at Exodus, we, we pride ourselves on education and recruiting new hunters and giving those hunters the right information. And I mean, you can get yourself absolutely lost in the amount of information that is out there right now. And mm -hmm. like, thankfully for, I, I'm one of those people. I just started bow hunting four years ago, five years ago. So I'm fairly new in bow hunting and the amount of information that's available to us as new hunters is kind of overwhelming. So having a, um, having a company that you can look to and trust their information and then trust their products as well is, is huge. So I, I greatly respect that. You mentioned that the first stick that you made was made out of carbon fiber and that no one has ever made a stick out of carbon fiber before. What do you think, why do you think uh, carbon fiber wasn't already in climbing sticks? Uh, the main thing is I would say was price. Uh, you know, could you have, really, could you have launched something like what we did 10 years ago? I don't think so. Uh, you know, in, in all respect, when Lone Wolf Custom Gear launched their higher-end aluminum products, that really, and with all the energy going around the mobile hunting world too, you know, with all the YouTubers that were hunting uh, public land and being successful and all these, the saddle hunting thing happening, like it really paved the way for a higher-end product to be 
introduced. And that was real helpful. But, you know, the, the I think the price was the main thing. Um, and a lot of people didn't think it would work, which doesn't make any sense to me because there's a lot of smart engineers out there that work in this stuff and know it would work. I mean, I get emails from guys that hunt at work and they're like, like, yeah, we've been waiting on somebody to do this. You know, I don't understand why it's taking so long, which, you know, old man tree stands had a carbon fiber climber back uh, in what, I think early 2000s. So they, they did, they did use carbon fiber, but, you know, but it never went anywhere past. I think when they got bought out, they, that was one of the products they, they um, didn't continue with. They just continue with all their import stuff. Um, but, you know, so, so people have used it before. I mean, the technology in carbon has changed so much from then to now too. I mean, there's the things like, you know, we'll get to talk about this later, but, you know, where, where our first climbing stick started to where we are with our um, lock-on stand is completely different technology. Um, so, you know, and, and it's not cheap technology. I mean, I see, I see why people don't want to do it because it's expensive process just in the prototype side. I mean, we've, besides giving money to conservation, all of our other profits went back into, you know, reinvesting in an innovation. So it's, and it's, it, it, and I look at it, you know, there's nights that we're up here and weekends, we're up here assembling sticks and shipping sticks and knowing we're not getting paid a dime. I'm like, but we're doing something cool. You know, it's like a stand, like I could give, you know, a damn if we sold a hundred of those things, as long as we brought something out that we thought was really cool and innovative. I remember thinking to myself, like I had the same thought, why isn't there a carbon fiber stick? And then just this year, a carbon fiber tree stand comes out with your guys. And then just this year, carbon fiber uh, saddle platform comes out with tethered. And it's like, finally, carbon is being used because right now it's used in every other aspect of archery. Your arrows are carbon. There's carbon bows. Like carbon is in the industry, but there hasn't been anything in the climbing stick or tree stand market. And finally, we're seeing it happen. But just like you said, as soon as those things are introduced, the first thing everyone says about it is, man, that's expensive. Or who would pay for that? Or why would anyone want to pay that much for a climbing stick? So let's kind of talk a little bit about the benefits of the um, material properties of using carbon as opposed to aluminum. Well, I mean, some of your main benefits from carbon to aluminum, they're, normally it's lighter, uh, you know, than aluminum. It, it's extremely durable. So, you know, like I posted a picture the other day of somebody ran over a set of our sticks with a truck on accident and, you know, just bent the step a little bit. And, uh, you know, so it's, it, it, it's extremely durable, um, lightweight. It also is, um, it doesn't get cold. So, you know, if you've hunted with aluminum products, you know, you grab an aluminum riser bow with the bare hand and 20 degree weather, you know, it really quick. Same thing with a climbing stick, you know, you get to your stand and your hands are cold and, you're fiddling with ropes and holding that stick, it makes your hands that much more cold. Um, so the heat, I mean, the, the thermal transfer is one thing. And then, you know, the quiet factor is, is another. And it's just, it's a very long-term resilient product. I mean, from a, the, the quietness of it versus aluminum, you know, we make aluminum versions of our sticks as well. And I did a, um, a, a DB rating, uh, noise rating on the two with a carabiner held out at like six inches on a piece of, you know, um, paracord swung into it. And we were measuring that it was 20 decibels difference between the carbon versus the aluminum. Wow. That's, that's substantial. Yeah. I mean, it is pretty substantial. Um, 
And the noise it does make is, 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 is really not that unnatural compared to aluminum. You know, it's the metallic noise is way different than the noise you hear with carbon. Yeah, that's something that a lot of people deal with too when they're buying aluminum climbing sticks or aluminum tree stands. The first thing they do is trying to silence that. Yeah. So there's an additional cost right off the bat of trying to silence your gear. So, I mean, that's something that I didn't even really think about or know uh, how much different the sound was. So yeah, that's a, that's a giant benefit. Let's kind of break down the, the stick options. So you said you have the carbon fiber climbing stick, and then you also have the aluminum climbing stick. So go um, stick for stick, go down the specs. So we have a, you know, our flagship product is our C1 20 inch carbon fiber stick. Uh, it weighs in at right at 1.2 uh, for a 20 inch stick. It's a double step. Steps that we use on our sticks are, um, it's a, um, a composite material that's machined out. So it, it itself is not metal. Um, very durable. It's used in a lot of applications that aluminum's used in, in like the automotive industry. So uh, it, it also, you know, helps keep the product quiet and, um, you know, keeps it warm to touch as well. And it's a very durable product. And, you know, people always say that composites get hot that you can bend. No, this type of material doesn't do that. Um, and they stack, you know, they nest together. Um, the setback goes into the step. So you get a, a even stack. Um, but using Versa buttons, you know, we have to have a gap. So there is a little bit of gap in there uh, for stacking. And, you know, and they don't lock together per se, but they don't really fall apart when you wrap them, you know, with, you know, what, what I do is I use six millimeter rope for my uh, attachment method. And when I set a set of four together, I usually, well, excuse me, I usually carry two on each side of my pack. So I just wrap my attachment cord around it and it holds them together fine. I don't have to do anything else. Um, so we offer that one in a 20 inch and a 24 inch version as well. Um, the 24 inch version just adds two more ounces to it. And we also, with our car, with both sticks, we offer a, um, a retractable aider on the carbon ones, which has been a real big hit with most of our clients. Uh, they, I would say 80% of our sticks go out the door have aiders on them. And, and that's been a real good tool because you get a 12 inches more of climbing height. So you, you can take a 20 inch stick and, you know, you get 32 inches of, of height out of it. And, you know, with the aider on it, it's only 1.4 ounces. So it, it's still really lightweight and you have a, a good system, you know, a set of four 20 inch sticks can get most people, you know, if they're using aiders on them up to around 20 feet. Yeah, that's, that's pretty great. What, how did that idea spark? How did you think to put the aider inside the tube and have it retractable? Uh, I was just playing with different options. Uh, actually, I started with uh, I started using webbing with like a plat, like a big industrial zip tie inside of it to give it some form because uh, I thought it'd be lighter and quieter. But the problem was uh, it, it wasn't as wasn't as um, rigid when you try to put your foot in it. And um, I've, I've seen, I, I do a lot, I, work, I sell to a lot of rigging shops in my day job, like uh, cable and rigging shops and, and was talking to them about using cable and they said, well, you can just, you know, we have a, a machine, we can press, you know, fittings on it to make a loop. And essentially up, you know, you push the loop up inside of the hollow tube and it rests on the bolt of the uh, bottom step. And we use five sixteenths um, grade eight bolts. So it's very durable. You're not going to break the bolt. And, 
we had all we have all of our products third party tested and when i had we had the sticks tested also had them test the aiders on the sticks to make sure they met the weight ratings as well i love that feature super smart i think the first person i saw review that product on youtube was bo martonic and when i saw that i was like man that's just that's that's ingenious and for me that's the fun part of the whole thing anyway is innovating these products it's you know i've I have my, my hat off to like the original Lone Wolf design being around and being as dominant as it is for so long with just a few products, you know, like nothing, you know, they really didn't change that at all. Um, but I just didn't want to do that because that, that would get boring to me personally, because I always like to tinker and think about different ways of doing things. And, and I think that's important, like for people running these types of companies is having a high level of experience in that environment that you're making products for um i hear all the time some of these guys getting on podcasts and you know kind of i'm not gonna say it offends me but it's just like you hear that they've only been hunting for like four years but now they have a hunting products company and it's like man you know like how much how much you know it's like the the power of ten thousand. you know like to be a master of something you got to do it a bunch and to really understand it you know and understand these products and how they function for people you got to have the time in the woods to to know how to do this stuff yeah, there has to be some sort of validity. If you don't give me a reason to believe that that product works or that I can believe in you as a person to show me, okay, you could be the smartest man in the world and develop this really awesome product and try to market to me as a hunter. But if it doesn't work in a hunting aspect, I don't want it. And even myself, like I've only been tinkering with saddle gear and mobile hunting gear for the last three years so i'm not the top of the line there um i just kind of had a fast track because of my position here with exodus and i get to talk to a lot of people and i i just have an opportunity that a lot of other people don't have the opportunity for and i'm in no way shape or form like trying to tell people how to do stuff with their gear i just want to use the pat the platform to show people what's available Right. There's a, yeah, I I definitely agree with you there. What is the outside of the aluminum and carbon? Is there any other difference between the aluminum and carbon stick? The only difference is the tube. Uh, The aluminum is made with uh, an aluminum tube, uh, but we use the same polymer uh, composite steps that we use on our carbon ones. So it actually Keep, makes them one of the lightest aluminum sticks out there too. And, and, you know, so and you get some, you know, most of the time when you're making noise, when you're with your sticks is when you're stacking them. So that composite um, step really helps hide that noise, even for the aluminum. And they're a really solid stick. I was actually just talking to a guy about them um, earlier this morning. I mean, I hunted with them half of last year and really enjoy them. Um, and, you know, they're still a premium price because it's all made here. And, you know, nothing we do is in the, uh, is really able to be mass produced. And that's another thing with carbon. Uh, when you were asking me earlier about why people haven't done it, it's like with this tree stand, for instance, how it's made, it's a very, very slow labor intensive process. So to really mass produce and make thousands and thousands of them is really complicated. Um, so anybody I feel like that's coming out with any type of carbon product in the future you're not going to be able to get this mass aluminum type run that you do with, you know, like you can with carbon. I mean, carbon, you can't, it's just, it's, there's so much like personal t- finishing touches you have to do that. It's going to make it, you're not going to have a lot of them. Uh, 
Yeah, definitely. I, I uh, talked to Mark Hayes. He's the engineer at Matthews. He's kind of like um, the, the go-to guy over there when it comes to material property. And I asked them why they haven't dove into carbon bows. And he basically said, for that reason, he's like, it's just so, it's so hard to mass produce them. And in a bow scenario, it's a little bit different than a tree stand. Say you and I have the same carbon bow. Mine's going to tune different than yours is because mm -hmm. of just the way um, the material properties of carbon are, if it's not exactly the same. So that that's why they haven't gone into carbon as a bow because there's just so much time to get it right that it just didn't make any sense. Plus it'd be um, just way too expensive and no one would want to buy it. But yeah. um, I guess that's a good segue into the, the tree stand. It's trade show season, right? It's the end of the deer season and there has been a ton of buzz around the new tree stands in the industry. And I just talked to the guys from Elevate Stand Co. Just had them on. They're a new tree stand um, company coming into the space and they kind of got drug through the mud in a lot of the mobile hunting forums. So I wanted to kind of have them on the podcast to maybe explain themselves a little bit. And then uh, after everyone's talking about Elevate Stand Company, Timber Ninja is always brought up in every one of those forums and on the comments like, oh, you want to talk about this? Well, let's talk about the $1,200 tree stand on the market. So I gotta, I gotta know more about this tree stand and um, why you guys have developed a carbon fiber tree stand to bring to market. Uh, well, first I've met those guys from Elevate. They're real good dudes. Uh, I've met them at ATA. They, they come and hung, I went to their booth first, introduced myself, and they came and hung out at our booth for a while. Real good guys. Uh, really enjoy those guys. Um, I hope they do well. Uh, but man, I mean, ultimately, like we wanted to use carbon fiber regardless in, in innovative products. And, um, you know, based on the benefits we just talked about, like ultimately I wanted to, we wanted us to create a stand and be the first to do it. Um, that, that brought a lot of joy to us to see this thing come to life. I mean, we've been working on it for a few years. I could show you pictures of all of the different variations that it started with to where it's at now. And I hunted out all of them and, and it's funny, like, even though I have so much confidence in the materials, when it's your product and you're the first person standing on it and it's been through no third party testing yet, you're just out there testing it and you're hanging from 20, you know, you're 20 feet in the air. You're like, man, I hope this thing doesn't collapse. You know, like, and and there, there are points like, you know, you thought it would, uh, but, it, you know, even all the, all, all the versions work fine, but, you know, this needed to be um improved upon uh but yeah it is an eerie feeling um to think that something you're making you know potentially going to break because there's a chance it can happen um so yeah we man we almost gave up on the project last year uh just because it was just running into roadblock after roadblock and then finally we were able to break through with the company that specializes in carbon fiber and um they were a really good partner and it was a really expensive endeavor to, to do this prototype. I mean, we have over $30,000 in it. Um, but I'm one of those people, like once I get started on something, I'm not going to quit until I completely fail or I succeed. Uh, and um, yeah, I mean, it's caused my hair to get a lot grayer, I think. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, we were able to get everything. I hunted it, I hunted the new version all year. Um, 
work really well. I just wanted to make a change to the platform length. Um, originally, the platform was 27 inches from the ba base of the post out. And, you know, I'll, I'm comfortable in a small stand, no problem. I do a lot of rock climbing. I, have, I don't have fear of heights or anything. But, like, for me, it's like being able to move around to get in position. Like, I wanted a little bit larger platform. But the 27 was just too much. Um, it didn't pack in my pack the way I like to because I always carry a frame pack when, when I hunt. Because most places I hunt, I need to pack the animal out too. Um, so I like to be able to get all my stuff in there tight and hopefully make one trip out with all my gear and everything. So, but, so we reduced the platform size down to 25 inches from the post, 27 overall. Um, and, uh, you know, and it, it also took all the flex out of the platform. Um, with the 27, it had a little bit, which flex is not a bad thing. Like you hear all these people complaining about flex and, you know, but flex and materials as far as strength is part of the process, you know, and we always hear the same uh, analogy of a bridge or a building, you know, bridges and buildings sway. If they didn't, they'd collapse. Um, so anyway, but, you know, it definitely, anytime you have a product that has any type of movement, that's the first thing you get bashed on online. And it's, it's almost impossible to take all movement out of some of these products, but uh, we did a really good job with that 25 inch platform really took a lot of that out, but it's, it's all carbon fiber uh, except for the teeth that bite into the tree, um, the setback. And then we have teeth that are bolted onto the carbon fiber at the, on the platform. Uh, that's the only two things that are metal besides the hardware. Uh, but it, you know, it's a, 27 or 27 inch overall 25 inch uh length platform 17 and a half wide with a 20 20 inch seat height and a, a nine and a half by 12 inch seat and it, right now it weighs about right at six and a half pounds um but it's and we probably gonna be able to take a little bit more out of that we overbuilt the mass so we're going to take some plugs out of there and then also the seats overbuilt so we're going to take some out of there so we may get a few more ounces out of it but you know, it, it's hard to really get down in that sub six range unless you just make a smaller stand. Yeah. And at that point, you're just in a, a platform, a saddle platform. Yeah, you really are. And, you know, the cool thing is, is like, you know, also wanted to make this stand user friendly to use with a saddle. I mean, I hunt what they what I call a hybrid style. I use a saddle in my tree stand. Um, I've always done, I used to do it with a rock climbing harness. I, I, for years, I hunted with like a, like a lone wolf or XOP that I took the seat off of and just used my climbing harness and essentially almost like a saddle. And the beauty of that is, is that you get all the benefits of the, of using a saddle, being able to reposition yourself and, you know, around, around the tree, but you have more of a, uh, a larger area to stand up to take a shot. I mean, that's, that's keys, especially uh, I hunt with a traditional bow and form is, is everything in traditional bow hunting. So like, standing up, I feel way more confident for any angle shot. And if you use that saddle, it's like a restraint. So just enough tether length to kind of get you to the edge. You can lean against the edge and shoot around the tree the same way you see these people pushing off the side of the tree with uh, like a ring of steps or, you know, some other type of platform configuration. Yeah. I've done that a few times um, with a loan of custom deer 0.5. It's, yeah. it's pretty small, um, lightweight, but like you said, there's an added, added benefit of having more room to get yourself in the right position, especially if you're hunting in a bigger tree and you don't have that small tree that, to work around. You need a little bit more foot room to be able to get yourself 
and use the advantages of having a saddle to be able to shoot 360 degrees. So yeah, I've definitely, um, I've done that myself and that's really effective. With that, what you said, it's 17 and a half inches wide. Correct? Yeah. So that's yeah. a little bit wider than uh, say the B stand, which I think the B stands like 29 by 16. So you have an extra inch and a half there. And one of the, one of my biggest complaints with, that's one of the stands that um, I hunted out of last year and used that with a saddle and the, um, the cables kind of got in the way of your feet when you're trying to stand there comfortably. And I would always find myself rubbing up against those cables, making a lot of noise with my boots and those cables. So having that extra inch and a half allow you to stand comfortably on the platform without rubbing against those cables. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that makes a lot of noise too. Like we rub, we're, uh, we're working on right now in the process of doing away with cables. Actually, that's a project that we're finishing up on that stand. Um, kind of go go to a quieter type solution for that. Um, and one thing that, you know, a beauty of hunting with a saddle out of a lock on like that is for an all day sit, you can change up the ways you sit to make you more comfortable. I, a lot of times I'll get my tether height just enough to where I can face the tree and sit on the seat and have that pull me up. And we made our seat, uh, we have cuts on the back of the, the seat that are angled cuts. That way you can wrap your legs around the tree and um, it really helps uh, with leg fatigue and stuff too. So we, we made, put that little bonus in there just for people that are hybrid hunting. Yeah, that's super smart. I, I didn't see that feature um, when I, I just saw photos of the stand. Yeah. And I, that's ingenious. That's going to be for all day sets. One of the biggest people, one of people's biggest complaints with saddles is like, there's no way that can be comfortable. And I personally think it's like way more comfortable than sitting in a tree stand. But having the ability to switch that up and sit facing and kind of straddle the tree, one of the biggest problems with that now is that you don't, your legs can't go back far enough. So having those cutouts, man, super smart. Yeah, it's, it's helpful. And how that carbon technology is with that seat too, it's rounded, the seat's rounded. So you don't have any sharp points like, you know, digging into your legs either. It's, it's a really, I mean, I haven't hunted it with a pad on it yet. We are going to have a pad made for it, but I personally haven't needed one. I mean, I probably, I won't use one on mine, I can tell you, but a lot of guys like that pad that traditionally just sit all day because a lot of guys sit and shoot sitting too. So, um, so yeah, we're going to be introducing a pad for that, but it just gives you a lot more, um, a lot, a lot more options. Um, that's the key. I mean, there's no best solution for everybody. Everybody has their own likes and dislikes and styles. So, um, we just try to do our best to hit, hit as many as we can anyway. Definitely. Is that going to come with a traditional cam buckle strap? Yeah. Yeah. We're going to do cam buckle straps and there's a guy that makes am steel that has a system that uh, works well with tree stands that we're probably going to resell to for the ones that want to go that route. Um, Is that the, the push or platform hanging systems or something? Yeah. Uh, his name is Matt Coetch. I can't remember the name of his company, but he has this thing called a, is it PSH or something? Yeah, like that, that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool. I've been playing with it here. He sent me a couple of them, but yeah, we're, you know, cause how we offer our products, sticks and everything is kind of a customize your own order um, based on what attachment method and what, um, if you want aiders or not. And, you know, we're actually introducing an aluminum step version for our carbon stick to just based on people asking about it. So, 
really trying to create a custom experience for people and we want to do the same thing with the stand uh we're also we're we have a uh, a pack in in development that's almost about to be finished up that will actually clip into the uh stand or it can be used by itself as well um, are you able to talk a little bit more about the design on that yeah it's it's a very simple design uh it's an 1800 cubic inch top load pack so you know it's a stuff sack style that you roll the top and clip it together uh it'll function to work with the stand uh where you can uh, snap it in on the stand or it will actually function by itself too uh as a day pack and it has a it's going to have a little bag up against your back that you can slide a saddle platform into to offer you know a little bit more uh stability when you're using it as a day pack and then it's gonna have molly on the outside to be able to put your you know like i, I like to use my put my sticks on my pack two on each side and so we're gonna have molly to incorporate attach them that way and then also molly on the back just people just like to you know hang on that way as well but very cool. um, it's also gonna be made here in the u.s and be pretty pretty sweet uh little option i think for anybody no matter what yeah very cool the tree stand when do you anticipate um that being for sale we're pushing to have it for sale probably late spring and we're going to do limited uh offerings on it to be honest like just to kind of get a hold of production and we're trying to get away from you know we've been doing build to order and it just got way out of hand last year just with all the material and labor shortages and we don't want to get back into that situation at all so we're just going to be doing pre-orders um small small batches to get it going and and also uh that'll help the manufacturer get tooled up and be able to expand and get more efficient with the process too yeah very cool i, I look forward to um getting my hands on one of those i think are you guys going to be at the mobile hunters expo yeah in, I think uh, winchester chris is putting on chris leopard or whatever yep yeah, i talked to him the other day he called me yeah, we're going to do that. I'm actually, I think it's going to be myself and uh, I believe my buddy Nathan Killen is going to come with me too. Oh, great. Nathan's. Uh, they're going to do some, um, have some speakers and things like that. So maybe talk him into speaking a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'm looking forward. It sounds like a really good event. I like how it's laid out with, you know, it's an educational experience, but also a product experience. And I think it goes over two or three days. Um, yeah, I think it's July 19th or the 21st or something like that. Yeah, I think 29th to the 31st. That might be it. Yep. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm out hunt uh, public in Ohio. So, to give me a reason, go and check some cams. Or I haven't ran cams down there since 2015, but uh, Nathan and I are going to hunt down there this year. Uh, we hunt the same track. So, we're going to put a little bit more time post season scouting and running some cameras. I think, uh, I think we all hunt the same track then. <laughs> Yeah, I heard. Oh, yeah, y'all do. I, I yeah, he told me that. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Nathan's a man. He's we think very highly of him here. We actually just did some content around on uh, who we believe are the top five deadliest bow hunters on the planet, and uh, he came in at number three. He's yeah, he's definitely up. I mean, to do it the way he does it, uh, you know, that's how we hit it off. We have we essentially like the same type of hunting style, adventure based getting in deep, low deer density mountain hunting. And man, he's been such a great mentor and friend for me and just very humble. Um, I mean, you got to pull stuff out of him. Like yes, nobody, he had the number two West Virginia buck for years and he won't tell, you never hear him talk about that, you know? Yeah, we tried to get him on um, Whitetail Cribs 
and he just immediately was like no <laughs> he's like he's just a recluse and um i respect that i i think uh when nathan talks i know he's he's kind of co-hosting the stick stick boys podcast now uh-huh. and i tune into every single one of those when he talks it's just like i get my notepad out and um he's one of those people that i, I really like to pay attention to so yeah i think um i think either uh, me myself will be at mobile hunters expo or I think Exodus as a company might exhibit as well. I'm, I'm not entirely okay. sure there. So um, either way, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming, coming by your booth and checking everything out. I've actually never put my hands on anything, but I studied the heck out of those sticks. I, I've, uh, I've had a couple people on the podcast already and we did some stick breakdowns and the Timber Ninja is always at the top of the, that short list of go-to sticks. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of good company up in the, higher end uh stick market you know there's there's not a bad product out there these days that's the thing i mean in my opinion there's not a bad one um it's just all in what you want to do you know definitely yeah well jason uh if there's nothing else that you want to add to this conversation i don't want to eat up all your day you're a very busy man you got a lot of stuff going on so um i'll give you the floor to add anything that you want to the conversation. If not, let everyone know where they can find you and find Timber Ninja products. Uh, the only other thing is we, we do have a saddle coming out this year. Uh, it's actually about ready to launch. It's a, uh, a two panel saddle that is uh, been developing for a while now. And it's a, it's a padded saddle. Um, it's a very lightweight, breathable padded material that we use in fall protection. And, uh, it's actually manufactured by a fall protection company that I, I represent for my day job and uh, American made. And since there wasn't a saddle standard per se, we, we built the saddle around OSHA's fall restraint standards, which anything that's going to come into load, it has to um, be over a 3000 pound weight rating. And our, our facility that where we make um, our fall protection and the saddles, or we'll be making the saddle. They're also an ISO certified third party testing facility for, um osha and ansi so we, we have all that there to make sure everything is good to go so that'll be coming out pretty soon um we're really looking forward to that and we've got a lot of interest in the saddle um surprisingly and i mean honestly i mean i've read some of the comments people knocking the price on the stand but i have probably 75 to 100 people wanting to get on a list for it so like there is a market that guys have money and will spend the money for good stuff and and that's the thing, you know, all of our products we're going to stand behind no matter what. But uh, yeah, that's the only other thing that's of interest that's going on with us. I mean, we, um, you can, people can find us on Instagram at Timber Ninja Outdoors, same thing on Facebook. We, um, our website's timberninjaoutdoors.com. We do have a podcast, which we've only released one because we've been busy, but we're about to get on target with that. That's called Timber Ninja Radio. And then YouTube, we have a YouTube channel where we post um, product specific stuff. Uh, we're gonna be getting a little bit more active with that. We put a few hunts on this year, uh, put my Iowa preseason, I mean, early season hunt on and I'm about to put my rut hunt on there. But also we like to break down and do gear reviews ourselves of things we use like clothing and boots and um, how we use our systems. So we're gonna put a lot more content uh, out there this year on the YouTube channel for that. So. Yeah. And if anybody ever has any questions, you know, it's easy to find me. Um, I respond to mostly all the messages. Uh, Tyler helps out a lot too, but you know, my number's on the website. So 
you know, people call me all the time. I like to talk hunting just as much as I do gear. So. Very cool. Well, it sounds like I'm going to have to get you on for a repeat episode and talk about your personal gear setup and kind yeah. of break that down. Cause that, that's something that I love to talk to, uh, talk to different hunters, especially being hunting in the way in the areas that you're hunting gear is essential. So I'll definitely have to get you back on and we'll talk about your personal gear setup. But uh, for now, I w- want to thank you for your time and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, man. Thanks for having us on. Absolutely.